Hey, and welcome to For the Podcast. I'm Michael, here with my good friend and co-host, Jason. Hey. Hey, Jason. So here we are. Uh, after Thanksgiving, the craziness of Black Friday and Cyber Monday are behind us now. Yep. So we have some follow-up for the first time. <laughs> for the first time. What did you end up picking up? Uh, I ended up getting the iPad Air 2 from Target. So I got a $140 gift card with it. Um, and it actually came in today. Uh, how about you? So a little filler, a little background for the three other people listening. We were up on, what was it, Wednesday night? Yeah, Wednesday night. Wednesday before Thanksgiving, because we I think we had both settled on picking up the iPad from Best Buy. Right. Every hour after midnight, we were waiting for those deals, 12 a.m., 1 a.m., 2 a.m., and then I think you finally gave up. Yeah, I fell asleep probably a little bit before 2 a.m. So being the uh, Black Friday online soldier that I am, I stayed up, and then finally around 3 o'clock, uh, the Target deal came up. I called you and, and woke you up. Yep. And you're able to get it. I was able to get it at about 3.15 in the morning. And then I went back to sleep. And then I think I probably woke up around 8-ish in the morning. And uh, I think they were still available. <laughs> so that uh, worked out great. But, um, I mean, at the end of the day, we both got the iPad Air 2s that we wanted. So I guess that, you know. And mine's not coming till Friday. So I'm really jealous. Yeah. I mean, so mine literally just came in. Uh, I can give you some hour-long impressions if you want. Yeah, what color did you say you ended up choosing? So I got the uh, 64 gig silver. I think I referred to it as the white version last time, but I realized uh, it's actually the silver version. Yeah. So I've had it for, I don't know, like a, about an hour and I set it up. Uh, I set it up as a new iPad because I uh, just wanted to give it a fresh install. And uh, I mean, it's definitely the, the fastest iOS device I've ever used. It's like really, really fast. But I will say the, the first thing that I probably noticed is that as I was downloading a bunch of apps to kind of get it set up is that the right side of the iPad actually gets rather warm. Really? It's kind of like, uh, I, I believe it was the iPad 3, the first Retina one. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, and they had a little, a little portion of that got rather warm and then I think they fixed it. But this one... I feel like is a much more noticeable feeling than than the uh, the iPad two was or the iPad three. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I haven't heard that uh, mentioned in any of the reviews, I guess, but um, it's it's significantly warm. I mean, is it difficult to to hold for a long period of time? No, I mean it's it's not to the point where like I feel like it's too hot or it would burn me or you know it's it's uncomfortable, but it's it's definitely uh, noticeable and and Karen noticed it as well and she was going to mention it and so um, I don't know we'll see. Uh, maybe it's something strange going on and I need to refresh it or like, I don't know, reboot the iPad. But, um, that was a little strange. All right. Well, I'll let you know on Friday if mine has that same thing. Yeah. Maybe I just got another lemon. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you've had some pretty bad luck with Apple products just with the Retina iMac. Yeah. Right. But hopefully, hopefully it's just that. What processor does the iPad Air 2 use? A8X. Okay. So it's different than the one in the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus. Yeah, that's just the regular A8. It is significantly faster. I mean, I, I, it, things just load really quickly. And I'm not sure if it's just my own bias, but like, it, it does have the, uh, Wi-Fi AC and, um, or the wireless AC. And I just got a wireless AC router. And so I felt like it was downloading things faster, but that's probably, probably not the case. <laughs> I guess you could try a speed test. Yeah, I could try the speed test. I have not downloaded that app. Does the iPad also have two gigs of RAM? Believe so. I mean, yeah, the, I guess Apple's not big on specs, but is that what the breakdown said? I think it says it has two gigs of RAM. And so that's actually one of the things that I'm most looking forward to, just because it no longer has to cache the pages or, or reload the pages, I guess. They can just cache them. I think that I, I 
am going to be able to use this iPad more like a laptop replacement, but we'll see. I think that's one of my biggest gripes about iOS, um, like using the iPhone, is when I open Safari and I'll click a link in a new tab and then I'll go back to where I was and it'll just have to reload the page. And it's so frustrating. Right. Especially like today, actually, I was, uh, I stopped by Best Buy after work and for some reason, the Best Buy in Union Square has really, really bad cellular reception. And so one corner of the store, actually, I can get some reception. And then I need to show something to one of the clerks. And uh, they asked to see something. And if I, I went back in the cat or in the browser and it tried to reload it, but I couldn't reload it anymore. Right. And so it's kind of annoying. Uh, whereas if it maybe had more RAM and it had those pages cached, I could just go back and it wouldn't be a problem. Yeah, that really is just one of the most frustrating things for me. So hopefully the iPad fixes it and hopefully the the 6S and 6S Plus will have that also, <laughs> 2 gigs of RAM. Right. Did you get your Logitech keyboard? Yeah, I did get my Logitech keyboard. It came in the mail yesterday, I believe. So I tried it out a little bit on my iPad mini. I have not yet tried it on the iPad Air 2. Did you get yours? Yep, I just got mine today. I picked up the red Logitech Keys to Go keyboard that we talked about last week. Me too. Um, what do you think? It's pretty mushy. Huh. And the keys are... They're pretty good size. Like after a few minutes, I could adjust my typing. Right. But early, like in the very beginning, the first five or 10 minutes, uh, I kept hitting caps lock when I wanted to hit A. Huh. And then I was having problems with the, with the delete or backspace. I, I guess I didn't type anything too long, but I did do some minor typing, just like some practice sentences and things. Uh, I actually really liked the, I mean, it is a little mushy. I agree. Um, I didn't have any problems with the size of the keys. And I, I thought I could type much better than, you know, any other, like the, obviously the on-screen keyboard. Definitely. I think for the size, the keyboard is, is great. It's so compact. It's flat. It, it's, it reminds me of the, like the surface kind of keyboard, but the keys are definitely different than the type pad. And you can spill coffee on it, remember. I can't wait to try that. <laughs> I actually have some coffee with me right now, so we'll see. But one thing that I did mention, so one thing that I did notice is um, the the shortcut keys in the top. Have you tried those out at all? No, let me take a look. I don't have an iPad, so I wasn't able to try it with the iPad. Oh, that's that's right. I, I think they're really useful. Uh, there's one, okay, so going across the top, there's one for the home button. There's one for multitasking. There's one for spotlight search. Uh, there's one to change the language of the keyboard. Um, there's one to show and hide the keyboard, the on-screen keyboard. There's one to take a screenshot, and then there's your normal previous track, next track, play pause buttons, and then volume buttons. I think it's actually pretty cool because one of the things I tried was, you know, obviously the volume buttons and then the the previous and last track buttons. So if I had Spotify running and uh, I was, say, in an app typing or browsing the web or something like that, I can just hit the keyboard and kind of like you would on your Mac, you could just change the track. Oh, yeah, that's handy. Whereas, like, on the iPad, maybe you would have to switch into Spotify and switch the app or switch the song. Or bring up the control center. Right, which is, I mean, it's useful, and I'm glad that they added the control center, but, like, I've never found it to be a particularly good experience, personally. So it's kind of nice to just have, like, a physical key that you can just type or that you can push to change the track. Yeah, that looks like it definitely adds some utility to to the keyboard. It almost makes it feel like a, like a computer, which is kind of my my goal. That's what I'm trying to do with this new iPad anyway. So um, I feel like this will help. So this keyboard doesn't have any kind of stand. No, and it doesn't it doesn't latch on to the iPad in any way. Right. So we need to pick up like a a smart cover or a smart case. Yeah, I, I'm probably going to pick up a red smart case. Or sorry. A red smart cover. 
That's what I have for my iPad Mini, but um, I'm probably going to just pick up another one for the iPad Air 2. Okay. And then just prop it up that way. Right. One thing that I kind of noticed that, that I think is a bug and I'm not sure that it'll ever get fixed is, um, so the spotlight search is kind of an interesting one because you can kind of bring up spotlight and then type in the name of an app or in theory, that's what you should be able to do. Kind of like what I do on my Mac is I just do a keyboard shortcut to bring up finder or any other third party app launcher that you're using. And then you type in the first couple of characters of the app that you want to open and then hit enter and then opens the app, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, on this keyboard, if you hit the spotlight button, it actually doesn't bring the cursor to the spotlight search bar. So you can't start typing right away. So do you have to manually click in the search box? So I found you can hit the tab button and then it will kind of bring your cursor there and then um, you can start typing. But then you can't hit return to launch the first app like you can in the Mac. Oh, so you can't scroll up and down. You can't scroll up and down. You might be, yeah. So you would have to then touch the screen. And so I feel like that kind of is an annoying or maybe you just need to get used to it. It would be much better if I can just be at the screen and then like hit the home button, hit the spotlight button, type in the name, like say Spotify or Safari and then hit enter and then it opens it up, right? Yeah. So I think that there's going to be some kind of interplay between touching the screen and then using the keyboard. You can't use the keyboard exclusively. It will take some getting used to. All right. Well, I mean, I think we're going to use it. Hopefully I'll get my, my iPad on Friday. So I can't wait to try it out. Yeah. Yeah, definitely want to know what you think. I'm going to go to Starbucks, spill some coffee, <laughs> type up uh, a post for our blog. Oh, yeah. Nice. Any other follow-up? Did you get anything else for Black Friday? Any? There was a gift card deal for uh, iTunes credit, or like, uh, yeah, iTunes credit uh, that I picked up just because I, I don't actually buy that many apps, but um, I figure I, I'll use it eventually. So whenever I do buy an app, I might as well get it on, on discount, right? Yeah, I never buy the iTunes gift cards unless the... Like the usual standard discount that I'll usually buy that you can find it pretty regularly is about 20% off. Right. So that's when I'll usually do my iTunes uh, gift card shopping. Right. This one was the 25% off, I believe. So that's pretty good. Yeah. So you had to buy $100, but it was 25% off. Yeah. So if you eventually use up the $25, whether it's apps or, you know, Mac apps or, you know, I don't know, rentals of TV shows or movies or things like that. Uh, I feel like eventually I'll go through $100. Yeah, easily. So I picked up, uh, I actually picked up a few gift cards. I picked up the iTunes one. December is kind of the time when I get really broke just because a lot of the places have gift card bonuses. Mm -hmm. Well, I picked up a Panera gift card because I've been going there more recently. Not because they support Apple Pay, just in general, because it's <laughs> close close to where I live. Can you even use the gift cards in Apple Pay? Uh, I don't think so. So oh. I'll be going to Panera and not using Apple Pay. Okay. But I'll be using the gift cards. So, I mean, they were offering like a 20% bonus. That's pretty much the standard. Makes sense. Um, I bought this $25 gift card at Cheesecake Factory. And then on Cyber Monday, they were giving away, I think, two slices of cheesecake. I can't remember the last time I was at Cheesecake Factory. Me neither. But it's close to my house and I figure oh. I'll go sometime. Okay. Uh, and then I picked up a a gift card at, at Smashburger because, again, it's it's close by and I've been eating there recently. How is that? I've actually heard really good things about it. When the burger is made right, it's pretty good. Okay. Because I think the whole point of Smash Burger is to smash it and kind of build up that crust. But when I went, I just went uh, earlier this week when I picked up the gift card and I picked up a burger with it. And it was it was smashed, but it wasn't like it didn't have that brown crust. It just looked kind of underdone. Okay. So it was just a smashed burger, which <laughs> like it, it didn't fit the bun and it didn't taste very good. 
it was seasoned well, but I feel like you need that that crust with the smash burger. So I've never been to smash burger. So the their thing is that they smash the burger up into like a like how do they get it to get more crunchy than other burgers? I think they just smash it and they just let it sit there and it, and build up a oh, crust. Okay. And then they'll they'll flip it and then let it build up a crust. But I think maybe they were just behind. I I, I heard the person who was expoing the order ask like, "Oh, where's that order?" Which was mine because I guess it was taking a while, and maybe they forgot about it, so they just threw it on really quickly and then then give it the appropriate time to uh... the appropriate love and care it needs to be a delicious smash burger. Gotcha. So that got me thinking. Kind of, it's kind of a random topic, but I was thinking about your favorite burgers and kind of the big things, I guess smash burgers out for you to evaluate. You know, I'm originally from California and then I moved to the East coast. Right. So the big comparison that everyone makes East coast and West coast is kind of in and out and shake shack, shake shack all the way. And also hands down chain wise. There's also five guys. Shake shack still wins. I actually would agree with you. I'm going to anger my friends from California (laughs) No, I mean, if they if they have good taste, then they'll know uh, that you're right. So it's not a big deal. So I think the thing that appeals to me and maybe a lot of people about In-N-Out is that it's relatively inexpensive and the ingredients are fresh. Yeah, no, it's really cheap. I agree. So out of the other fast food burgers, if you're going to eat at, say, like Carl's Jr., or McDonald's or Burger King, you could have a, a pretty fresh burger and it'll be pretty inexpensive. Yeah, for, for roughly the same price as McDonald's, I, I would eat In-N-Out hands down every time. Almost every time. Sometimes you just kind of just crave that McDonald's taste. But if you want a better burger, I think In-N-Out is is better than any of the normal fast food chains for the same price. Okay. How about how do you rank Five Guys in there? I think Five Guys is pretty good, actually. It's probably more substantial and greasier than In-N-Out. So it depends on kind of what I'm looking for. Like if I want like just like a, a... I don't know, say I'm getting a burger and I don't feel like eating particularly healthy and I'm just like, I just want like the greasiest, biggest burger I can get. Uh, five guys, I would probably take over In-N-Out. But uh, on a regular basis, I probably would get In-N-Out more often than five guys. Yeah, the thing about five guys for me, I think I just had that last week. I've been on a, I guess I'm always <laughs> on a burger binge. Nice. Um, but the, the five guys burger was really just, it's really juicy and greasy, but... It, it made the bun too soggy. I can see that, right? I didn't eat it when I was there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I took it home, so it took maybe... Rookie mistake, Mike. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but it took me like 10 or 15 minutes to get home. But by that time, like that bottom bun, it just like was just soaked and not delicious. So I don't know. But I think I would place... I would probably place Smash Burger higher than, than Five Guys. Is it better than Shake Shack? And way lower than shake shack way lower okay because that shake shack for me is the is the ultimate kind of fast food burger yeah i agree shake shack is by far the best i think well so far but i've heard that i've heard some people say that smash burger might be better uh i have again not tried smash burger so i'm very excited to ever try it i think they have it in the city don't they or yeah that's your homework this week yeah, I can maybe go to Smash Burger. Let's and, go to uh, Smash Burger. And we'll have we'll have burger follow up. Okay, but I think uh, for me, I would rank it. I would rank it Shake Shack, and then Smash Burger if properly smashed, and then In and Out, and then Five Guys. What about Smash Burger improperly smashed? Improperly smashed, I probably put it below In and Out. 
and ahead of Five Guys. <laughs> Poor Five Guys. Other people's messed up burgers are still better than perfect Five Guys burger. It, it may be my fault also because at Five Guys, you know, they include like all those toppings you can get for free. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. And that just, it just tempts me every time. I'm just like, well, I want to get the best value. So I'm like, oh, yeah, grilled onions? Sure. Raw onions? Yeah. <laughs> Extra cheese? Okay. A1 right, right. sauce, barbecue sauce, yeah, ketchup, yeah, mustard, yeah. mayo. Let's yeah, throw that all on there. You really go a lot. You uh, memorize the, the menu. Yeah, and I can tell you, I go that much, and I still don't even like it that much. Huh. What What about um, French fries? Okay, French fries. So I think there, In-N-Out is probably the weakest. Yeah, I really don't like the In-N-Out fries. They, they taste, they have very little taste. Yeah. They don't taste. They, they just lack taste. I think my favorite are the Shake Shack fries also, especially now that they've all switched back to the crinkle cut fries. Oh, right. The, 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 uh... The, the fresh cut? What, what are they called? The non Yeah, they were, they were the fresh cut fries and they were thinner, not as meaty. Those were not good. They were horrible. Yeah. The crinkle cut fries, I, I'm kind of turning around. I, I know that you've said for a long time that you really like them and in the beginning, they're okay, I thought, but um, sometimes I have them and they're really good. So I think you might be onto something there. Those crinkle cut fries, man, they're delicious. And then next, I probably would say uh, Five Guys. I like their fries. Do you get the seasoned fries or no seasoned? Yeah, I get the Cajun fries. Right. Okay. I agree. And I like that they uh, do like the thing for the fatty where they give you an extra scoop after they put it in the cup. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. So more value. You're, you're, just, you're just going for the value. Right? <laughs> At Five Guys, I'm all about the value. Yeah. Okay. Every topping and extra scoop of fries. Okay. That's what keeps me going back. Okay. After that, probably Smash Burger. Wait, how are the Smash Burger fries? So they have Smash Fries, which are, they're seasoned with like rosemary, olive oil, and garlic. Okay. And they're, they're good, um, but they're kind of shoestring fries. Wait, do, do they smash them and then make them crusty? <laughs> the fries are not smashed. Okay. But they're, why do they, they call them be, Smash Fries? That's... They may be double fried. They're very crispy. Oh, oh okay. Oh, um, crispy and, they're, and they're very thin. Okay. So they have other things besides the smash fries, like onion rings, and I think they have veggies you can get and fried pickles. Huh. And they have the fries that are not seasoned if you don't like the garlic and rosemary and olive oil. But I, I prefer the smash fries done upright. What about McDonald's fries? Ooh, I, I like McDonald's fries, especially when they're when they're seasoned and fresh, like when they're salty. Yeah, I think when they're good, I think they're my favorite fries. I, I like them more than the Shake Shack fries. Okay, I think I would still put Shake Shack fries first, but McDonald's would be really close. And then if it was like a perfectly done, like hot McDonald's fry with like good salt on there, it it may be tied with Shake Shack. Okay, but even the worst Shake Shack or McDonald's fries are better than In-N-Out fries? Maybe not the worst, but close (laughs) to the worst. Okay. How about you? Yeah, I would go maybe good McDonald's fries and then Shake Shack fries, then Five Guys fries and then In-N-Out fries. I've never had the Smash fries. All right, next week. Yeah, I'll let you know. Okay, excellent. What else do we have from last week for follow-up? Oh, your coin. Did you get to use the coin at all? Yeah, so I set up the coin, and I would used it a couple of times, and uh, so far so good. Like, I think the setup was relatively easy. Uh, it does take some time because you need to swipe your card or manually enter it, and then they need to like give you like an, an automatic 
deposit into your card, or I guess it's charged for your card. Then you have to verify it, and then you can go out and use it. I used it a couple of times over the weekend, and uh, it worked every time. One time, it, the person didn't notice it at all and just ran it, and it was fine. A couple of times, I think they kind of look at it, and it looks a little funny, but they don't really question it, and they kind of just run it, and, and it worked. So no problems with it. I think it's pretty good. I probably need to do some more extensive testing over the next couple of weeks. Okay, but you had no problems. No problems so far. I I think that nobody I, even said anything about it. I mean, I think yesterday I was at a Chinese restaurant and the person kind of looked at it and uh, thought it looked a little funny, and you could tell they were kind of like thinking certain things. But then they kind of just like whatever, and then they <laughs> they ran it anyway, and it was fine. Um, then I think one thing that I did notice though is that there's no room for the uh, like the last three or the you know the security code that's on the back. Mm-hmm. So if you say left all my cards at home. And then carry that one around in my wallet. And then I wanted to buy something, say, online. And I don't know. It asks for the last three on the back. You wouldn't know what it is unless you memorized it, right? So that's kind of like, if that's the case, then maybe I want to carry my cards around. And if I want to carry my cards around, then I don't need the coin, right? Yeah. So have you stopped carrying your cards around now? No. Um, I, I stopped carrying like one or two of my cards that I don't use that often. But I just don't want to get stuck in a situation right now where uh, I'm not sure if it's going to work everywhere. And then if that's my only card and I need you know, to use a card, then... I would be stuck. So I am carrying some cards around just for backup, but I try to use that one whenever I can. Is it thicker than a, a regular credit card? Um, I don't believe so. I think it, I mean, it might be even a little thinner. It, I, I mentioned last time, it, it seems a little flimsy to me. It seems almost like it's not as sturdy as, it's definitely not as sturdy as the Chase Sapphire card or Chase Sapphire Preferred. And then, um, I don't know. It, it doesn't, it doesn't seem as solid as any other and most of my cards, I guess. It could be though that it's like the coin beta. And so they're kind of just like skimping out a little because it's more testing whether it works rather than like how how nice it feels in the hand, right? Yeah. So I guess we'll have to wait and see on that. But um, yeah, I mean, so far it's worked. Okay. So this will be kind of ongoing follow-up then. Just keep using it. Use it at Smashburger next week. <laughs> so what else is there for follow-up? Uh, I just wanted to make one quick correction about Jurassic World. I think I said it was... Uh, going to be directed by Steven Spielberg, but I think he's the executive producer, and it's going to be directed by Colin Trevorrow, who directed Safety Not Guaranteed. Did you see that? I didn't. That's based on, like, yeah, I remember seeing the the trailers for Safety Not Guaranteed. Uh, it looked interesting. I haven't seen this. I don't know whether he's a, a good director or not. Hopefully he's good, because I'm really excited about Jurassic World. But, you know, I was reading up on Reaction afterwards. Right. I think I'm kind of alone on this. Well, I think they kind of people said what we said. The intro part was pretty good. And then once they started talking about the dinosaur hybrid. Yeah, I felt like it, yeah, it's a little off the rails on the trailer alone. That, that kind of has me a little nervous. Uh, I mean, I'm almost definitely going to watch it anyway, just because I'm a huge Jurassic Park fan. And I remember reading the book when I was in sixth grade. So, I mean, it just ever since then, I, I was hooked. So I'll watch it. But um a little wary. Yeah, I think that's fair. And uh, what else? Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Did you see the uh, the teaser? I think the whole internet saw the teaser. <laughs> My brother-in-law actually didn't see. He's a, he's a huge Star Wars fan. And uh, came out. I was at home for uh, Thanksgiving. And I was like, oh, do you want to watch it? But he's huge on spoilers. He, he doesn't like even want to know whether you liked the movie or didn't like the movie. Wow. And so he didn't, uh, didn't want to watch it. So he's not going to watch or read anything until the movie comes out. Yeah, I guess not. That's pretty dedicated. Yeah, especially in this, like, in this day and age where everything is on Twitter and, and you see the like, links to it everywhere you go, right? Uh, it takes a lot not? of discipline. I it would does, just click yeah. everything. Yeah. 
I'm not even a huge Star Wars fan. Neither am I. But I, I watched it. Okay, so the big thing that I saw was were people complaining about that that lightsaber. Right. What do you think? I mean, I think that it's a little unnecessary. Uh, I, I saw a tweet and it was like, you know, hey, let's make a dual wielded or like, you know, a dual wielded lightsaber. And they're like, oh, we already did that in episode one. And so they're like, all right, how about three lightsabers? And so I, I kind of feel like that's kind of what they went for. Uh, they kind of just had to outdo the last one and come up with something that was even more extreme. So I don't know. I mean, I don't hate it because uh, I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, so it doesn't really affect me either way. But um, it does strike me as being a little bit uh, trying to outdo the last one. So I guess if you look at it in the sense of more like Game of Thrones style broadsword. Okay. If it's like a cross guard or something. Right. Then it, it would kind of make sense. I heard cause... that. How does that... I don't even understand conceptually how that works. So, like, it, it's supposed to protect your hand from getting chopped off? So, I guess if you have a lightsaber and you're battling and then one lightsaber slides down, it could theoretically, like, slide down to your arm or wrist and oh, slice okay. it off. Right. Um, but the complaints that people had about that were that it's not, a, like, a continuous, perpendicular, right. okay. like, lightsaber. Yeah. There's like a little bit of a break where you would think the lightsaber would be able to cut through that part, like the metal part. Oh, okay. But Stephen Colbert came on the other night. <laughs> I did basically, see this. Yeah. Uh, we'll put the link in the show notes. Yep. But he basically says that that perpendicular part is continuous. So it's it's hiding underneath the metal. So it, it is valid as a cross guard. Even, even though it, it shows up a couple seconds after the first one, right? Yep. And he, he has an explanation for this, which I, I don't remember. But um, at the end of the day, it's a movie. So who cares? But um, it's, it's interesting that people give this much thought into uh, how this could possibly, you know, actually be manufactured. Yeah, there's actually a good like shot by shot dissection that your brother should avoid. Okay. On IO9. Okay. Um, so we'll put that link there too. But they say that when you look at it, the fact that it, it kind of like sputters and flickers and is not very, it doesn't look as smooth as the other lightsabers from like episodes one through six. Okay. So their theory is that it's like shoddy workmanship. So maybe this person is, you know, doing something that he doesn't know how to handle or doesn't have much experience with the force or the dark side or building lightsabers. Okay. So that kind of makes sense because it does look more raw than previous lightsabers. Uh, so where where in the timeline does this movie take place? This is supposed to take place, uh, I think, 20 or 30 years after the events of Episode Six: Return of the Jedi. Oh. So one question that I had was like, so they went through six six episodes and nobody thought like, hey, people are getting their hands chopped off. Like, we need to come up with a way to not get their hand chopped off. <laughs> <laughs> like, how, why did it take so... It's either a huge problem, and, and then they should have come up with this before, or it's really not that big of a problem. They've been doing this for years. Like, why why start now, right? Like, I'm confused. Because J.J. Abrams said so. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, I don't know. That makes sense. They had six episodes. But I guess between the episodes, episodes three and four, um, the Jedi kind of died out. Well, I guess between episodes two and three. I don't know. I'm really a horrible Star Wars fan. <laughs> but basically somewhere, they all dropped off, except for like the ones we know. So maybe there wasn't as much attention paid. No, no safety was not their, uh, their top priority. They were just trying to survive. Gotcha. All right. So before I, I make more Star Wars blunders, let's move on from that. <laughs> okay. Um, any more follow-up? Uh, did you see that article about the, um, I guess it was, what was the app? Oh, Pocket. And they did some statistics on... Uh, 
how the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus has been maybe changing users' reading habits? Yeah, so Pocket, they're kind of like Instapaper. Right. You can save articles or videos and watch them later. Is that right? Yeah, so yeah, it caches them so that if you don't, you know, say you're on the subway or you're somewhere where you don't have internet, uh, or you know, just you want to save it for as a bookmark, and then when you have more time, you can kind of spend your time going through all your bookmarked saved stories or videos. Okay, so what do they say? Because we had a discussion kind of about, you know, our usage patterns and how, you know, I'm using the 6 Plus and I felt like I didn't need the Mini last week. Uh, So I guess they did some comparison charts with people that had iPhone 5S and an iPad and an iPhone 6 and an iPad and an iPhone 6 Plus and an iPad. No shocker, I guess, but as the uh, size of the phone increases... People are are reading more and and doing more consumption on the phone rather than the iPad. Yeah, I guess that makes sense, and it's kind of what we were saying. Right. Uh, do you happen to use Pocket at all, or I don't use Pocket, and actually I stopped using Instapaper. I don't really use uh, any of those caching save for later apps. Why? Well, uh, just but you just stopped using them just because you didn't have time, or I don't know. Well, I I do most of my reading now on the on the iMac. Or on my laptop. Okay. So unless I, I don't save anything really to read later, I just read it right then. Oh, wow. If I have time and I'm just at the store or, you know, waiting in line somewhere, then I'll just like browse, I'll check Twitter, and maybe I'll read links that offshoot from there, but I won't go in and read links that I have saved. Yeah. I mean, I, I save a bunch of stuff, but I actually, I, I assume this is probably common, but I actually rarely go back and actually go through my backlog. So I have a bunch of things I've been meaning to read on Instapaper that I haven't read for a really long time. So I still say that I use Instapaper, I guess, but um, I haven't really read that much from it in, I don't know, several months. Yeah. I mean, once you get backlogged, it's it's over. Yeah. I think I'm kind of like a completionist. Um, I like to go through everything. And so once, yeah, once there's a huge pile up, then it almost would be easier for me to just clear them all and then start over. Yeah, I've definitely done that a few times, especially with email. Yeah. Go to inbox zero or whatever it's called. Let's just give up, file for email (laughs) bankruptcy and start over. (laughs) Uh, Anything else you want to talk about? Oh, so there's that home screen app that's kind of been going around. Yeah. Uh, I heard about it uh, last week on Accidental Tech Podcast, ATP. Yep. I mean, you're the one that kind of told me about this also, though. So kind of explain it. So I guess it's it's a thing to take a screenshot of your home screen and then uh, post it on the internet so people want to see what apps you have and I guess presumably whatever's on your first page of your home screen are your most important apps. And so people who are always on the search for, you know, new app ideas or, you know, the best email or or map client or something like that, um, they often ask people to post screenshots of their home screen on the internet so people can see it. And so this app kind of just automates the process, right? Well, it doesn't really automate it. It asks you to take it, your own screenshot of the home screen and then it will post it on their site for people to browse. So I did that and I uploaded my home screen. Yep, and I did that and I also uploaded my home screen. So I, I'm looking at your home screen right now. Yeah, the, the website is homescreen.is and then if you do a slash and then someone's Twitter username, then... um you can see their home screen. Yeah, so we'll link to it, but mine is homescreen.is slash M-F-E-O. And mine's homescreen.is slash B-O-O-G-I. Okay, so let me look at your at your home screen here. I'm going to make some evaluations, some quick judgments. Okay, so you seem like a pretty organized guy from what I can tell. I'm going to make, I'm going to try to, you know, learn about you from this. You're going to psychoanalyze me? Your battery is, is well charged. Okay. I guess it's still early in the morning. It was taken at 10.02. You have your rotation lock on. Yep. It looks like something is using your location. 
you're not using Bluetooth. You have some pretty good, decent cell reception. Your 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 dock has phone, messages, mailbox, and Safari, which I think is exactly the same as mine, just in a different order. Right. I have phone, mailbox, messages, and Safari. Okay, so we agree there, but not on pretty much anything else. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I guess you don't you don't use Instagram, huh? I do, but I have it. Oh, I see. You have it in a folder. So my my philosophy, I guess, is I have two home screens, um, and I try as much as possible to kind of folder things up uh, with while leaving my most used apps uh, not in a folder. So okay. Like, so you use Tweetbot, Instagram. What's Strava? Strava is a way to track biking and, and running. Okay, clearly uh, I'm more of the hamburger type, <laughs> which is why I have Yelp clickable, but not. I don't even know what Strava is. Yeah, so so for example, I have like Instagram out on its own, and then right next to it, I have a whole folder of camera apps. And it's because I use Instagram way more than I use any of those other camera apps. And so to have to click into a folder to, to access it every time would be too slow or too annoying to me. Okay, that makes sense. So you have like... A whole bunch of clusters like messaging, places, camera, productivity, music. Okay, I kind of like that. So for me, uh, you'll notice that I have, I don't know, tell me what you see. Uh, you have a bunch of music apps all in a row. You have Sonos, Overcast, Beats Music, and Music. Yeah, so I use iTunes Match. So I have a lot of my uh, okay, music gotcha, gotcha. Uh, on, like, on the music app. Right. And then Sonos I use a lot at home. I guess I listen to a lot of music, so it's pretty important. So you have three empty icon slots in the bottom. Right. Right. Is that is that because you just want to be able to swipe to your different screens or you just, I don't know, like why, why do you do that? I think it's just because there's nothing else that I would put there on the home screen. I guess I could pull out some of the apps that I have in folders. Yeah. But nothing else to me is home screen worthy. Like not even Google Maps? Not really. Like I guess my philosophy for home screen is you're either on the first page or I'm going to spotlight you and find you, which is why I have... It looks like what I don't know, ten, eleven pages of apps. Okay, and oh, so you do you spot like you you kind of use it like you do your real Mac. Yeah, exactly. Um, See, I don't do that. So it's it's nice that with iOS was it with iOS seven or eight that they added where you can just drop down. Right, because it used to be that Spotlight was the page to the left of the first page, right? Right. But now they made it so that you can just swipe down on any screen and you can get the Spotlight, which is way better. Yeah. So I have. I have all my apps somewhere. I could just search for them. And then these other ones are ones that I'll, I'll use pretty regularly. The camera, I usually access from the lock screen. Okay. So it's kind of hidden in the photo folder there. Do you use clock that often? You need to see how many alarms I have. <laughs> okay. And I guess I could use Siri, but I probably, like, I don't even delete alarms or just change the alarm. I add a new alarm each time. Oh, wow. So my clock... Like, my list for alarms is, like, almost every minute of every day by now. Okay. I've been, like, collecting alarm times. I'm like, oh, I'm going to wake up at, like, 6.37, 6.39. So, I have <laughs> I have so many different, like, alarm times that I can just turn on, which is kind of ridiculous. Okay. But you can't access that from the, like, from control center? I guess I, I haven't, so I don't. But I could. Okay. And then I like having the... uh I like having calendar there so I can see what day it is, even though I can see it from the lock screen. Yeah. I use Vesper for notes. Right. And then I have the, I kind of have a home automation row because I have my lights. Right, right, right. With Wemo and Hue. And then I have my thermostat with Nest. Have those, have those apps uh, updated to use extensions? Uh, I think Hue has. I haven't used the extension though. Because I feel like that would be maybe a better way than to have to open the app, right? If you can. Definitely. Or if there's like, if they add that home kit, 
the HomeKit connectivity. Okay. Where, I mean, I don't know, they released HomeKit, Apple released HomeKit, but I don't think anyone is using HomeKit yet. But theoretically, then you could get a lot of deeper integration. So maybe you could have Siri turn on and off your lights or change the temperature or something like that. Yep. There are a lot of hacks out right now where they've kind of cobbled together a way to have Siri turn on and off your lights or change the temperature, but it's uh, it's more effort than I want to put into it. Makes sense. Did you see there? There's a link on the app, or uh, there's a link on the home screen website that has the top apps this week, which I, I think the the app is only about one week old. So this let so me far. take a look. Okay, I'm there. One thing that surprised me, I guess, which now that I think about it, is not that surprising, is that one password. I, I think I assume this is an order, right? Um, and they take away all the Apple apps, which are you know on most people's phones, I guess, by default. Um, number one is not a surprise, Facebook. Number two, Instagram. Number three, Google Maps. But number eight is 1Password, which seems pretty high, but then I thought about it, and I was like, the only type of person who would know what this app is is kind of a techie person, right? Yeah, that's true. And so then, like, I have 1Password, and that's on my home screen, right? So it kind of makes sense that that kind of person would have 1Password on their on their phone. Yeah, and like Google Inbox. Yeah. But like one password is four spots ahead of Snapchat, which I would assume is is not the case universally, right? But that's uh, true. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. But yeah, I think it speaks to the the type of people that know about Homescreen.is. Yeah, or hashtag Homescreen. Oh yeah, sorry, hashtag Homescreen. Uh, but other than that, like a lot of these apps on the front page, uh, I use. How do people have uh, Shazam on their home screen? Yeah, don't they know you can Siri Shazam now? <laughs> Yeah, or LinkedIn. I mean, are you really like checking in? On, I guess I don't have a LinkedIn at all. But I mean, what do you do? Do you just check in? Is it like Facebook? Uh, I don't have LinkedIn on my phone. Although the website, the mobile website is one of the worst mobile websites I've ever used. And it's really, really annoying. So I, I don't use LinkedIn that much. But every so often someone sends a request, I need to go on the site to to accept the request or, or ignore the request or whatever it is I do. And their mobile website is one of the worst websites I have ever been to. Oh, so maybe the app is a lot better. Maybe. All right. So maybe that makes a little sense. And then Overcast. Fantastical. Yeah. 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 Uh, no Instapaper, though. They use Pocket. Maybe I should start using Pocket instead of Instapaper. Yeah, I might give it a shot, too. Maybe I'll start. I think one of the reasons why I didn't use Pocket is, I mean... A, I was used to Instapaper because it came out first. And then B, um, I like that you could cache or I, I like that you could save videos for later, but I don't think, at least in the beginning, it cached the videos. And so you still needed an internet connection to see the videos. So if that was the only thing that it added over Instapaper and I couldn't watch videos while I was on the subway or something like that, then it was kind of pointless to me. Right. Um, but maybe that's changed. I, I don't know. But if you could cache youtube videos i think that i would actually use that because there are a lot of times where i'm like oh i'll watch this youtube video later or i don't want to stream it over mobile or, or something like that but if i could go and cache a bunch of videos and then when i'm on the subway my commute is written maybe like 20 30 minutes and if i could just watch these videos in a row and just bang them out like that that would be awesome i'm actually going to download pocket now i'll probably even download what other apps are linkedin I don't have not not linkedin why I don't. I don't have a LinkedIn account. Well, maybe wow. now is the time. I don't think so. Okay. Uh, Facebook Messenger. I don't know. I don't use that. I don't use that either. But um, I use Paper actually instead of Facebook. I I use Paper also when I use Facebook, and I don't use Facebook that often. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm surprised for the people that would use like one password and inbox. I feel like they would use Paper. Yeah. 
One password apparently on 24.81% of home screens. That's so many. Yeah, it's a lot. All right, what else? That's enough about hashtag home screen. Oh, do you see the? there's a new app called Finger Key? Yeah, so I saw this video. Um, I'm not really a fan. How about you? Okay, so just, just for background purposes, if you don't know what Finger Key is, it's an app that you download on your, I, I guess it's on your phone and on your Mac. And uh, you can kind of sync the two up so that you can use Touch ID on your iOS device to unlock your computer. Yeah, so the video itself just seems like a lot of work. It seems like a lot of steps to unlock the computer. And it seems like something that can and probably will be like Sherlocked by Apple. Well, I, I will assume, right. So that's interesting. But I will assume that like the video shows you setting up and syncing the two devices. And so it would be faster in success. I don't know, like when you do it the second or third time, but, but I'm not sure. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think that this is something that Apple will integrate. Uh, hopefully in the near future when they say announce, like release a new laptop. But um, I'm, I'm actually, I, I don't know. Like, do you think that they're going to have like a fingerprint scanner built into the trackpad? No, I think oh. they can do it like continuity or handoff or however they do that. Oh, so you, you think they're going to not put one on the computer? I don't think so. It's just going to be if you have an iPhone and you use your... See, I, I don't think that that's an... I don't know, like... To have to touch your phone to unlock your computer, I feel like there's a, I mean, this is kind of like a similar disconnect from using the iPad and the keyboard on the iPad, uh, and then having to touch the iPad. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not used to it, but like, I feel like there's like a disconnect there. Whereas if you have your laptop, like, I, I think for me, one of the benefits of touch ID on the, you know, iPhone and now on the iPad is that, you just pick it up and and it works and it's like you can pick a super secure password and uh, you don't you never have to worry about it right but you're not always going to have your phone when you have when you want to unlock your computer right I do so well not I mean maybe most of the time you do but like every single time it's like right there probably or it's within handoff continuity oh, yeah, I guess it would need to be I would need to have it. Yeah, it would need to be within an arm's distance, right? Because you, you wouldn't want to be like, oh, well, it's within content. So it's not like it'll just automatically unlock. You still need to authenticate by touching your iOS device with your finger, right? So No, that's true. I, I think I it is. I, I usually always carry it with me. I don't know. I mean, I, sometimes I leave my phone in the other room and well, I don't have a laptop. But like, I would imagine that it would get, there would be some use cases where you would then need to type in your password and then it kind of, I don't know, it defeats the purpose of no one's going to really create a super secure password because they can then use their finger, right? Yeah, I don't know. So you think Apple will integrate it into their their I, product line? I, I think that's a much nicer way of doing it. Um, I mean, the other thing I think you can, that's the possibility is um, like the way they use the Apple Watch. So if you can use the Apple Watch for Apple Pay, and if you take the Apple Watch off your wrist, then it's no longer authenticated, right? So they can maybe do something like that where um, maybe not the fingerprint, but like if you have an Apple Watch, uh, it will unlock the computer. But as soon as you take the Apple Watch off, it no longer works anymore. It's kind of like Apple Pay. Actually, I think that makes the most sense. Yeah. Forget Touch ID. You have the Apple Watch, you're near it, and you haven't taken it off. And, and then if you take the watch off, right, then then it won't work anymore. But if you have the watch on and you authenticate it, then like you're good, right? Yeah, so finger key, you're screwed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the app costs two ninety nine, which isn't a lot. But I mean, even if the app, you know, even if you pay for the app and you use it, you have to 
it's that same inconvenience. You have to have your phone, you have to unlock it, and then you have to go into an app to then unlock your phone. Yeah, I think for some people this is probably you know awesome, but not not for most people. Maybe if your password is like fifty characters. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that I would if I had some kind of authentication like that, I would make a much more secure password. Definitely, yeah. yeah. But finger key is not the app that's going to make me change my password. It would be more secure than the current password, which is A A A A. Noted. Yeah. Prepare to be hacked. <laughs> okay, so finger key, we're both. We both say no. Yeah. All right. But we'll put the video up so you can watch and decide for yourself if you want to spend the two ninety nine. All right, Jason. What else? Anything else? So I have something else. If you're not going to say anything. Sure. So over the past few weeks, we've been putting in a lot of time on Destiny. Right. Which is the uh, a video game on, you know, made by Bungie, and it's on uh, multiple consoles, I guess. Yeah, it's made by the people who made Halo. Right. Um, but they went and became a third-party developer, and it's out for both Xboxes and both PlayStations. Right. So it's like a first-person shooter, but you kind of level up and, and gain... You can earn, like, get new armor and new gear and stuff and level it up. Right. So we've been playing. We've been playing with, you know, a few of our friends. And one thing that I've noticed, and I, I'm really sorry to say this, is just how consistently bad you are. <laughs> what do and you mean? I don't know what happened because I think back to undergrad. Right. And, you know, I kind of looked up to you in terms of gameplay. <laughs> I mean, maybe you had like a few cheap moves that you did a lot. but <laughs> What? But overall, I think you were, you know, a pretty solid gamer. Right. But now you've kind of become the joke of the group. <laughs> like, all of our friends are kind of like, oh, Jason. <laughs> and just kind of expect you to, the, to fall off the ledge or to die first or to really not contribute to the team. To be fair, uh, all of those are true. <laughs> I, I usually do fall fall off the ledge and die first. And I don't really contribute to the team. But um, I don't know. I, I think that, like, I've definitely noticed that I'm not as good at video games uh, one thing that I can think of is maybe I was never that good at video games. <laughs> um, well, I mean, uh, the only reason why I say that is because like one of the things that I've noticed is that when I was a kid, I've been playing video games since probably I was like five years old. And amongst all my kids in the neighborhood, I guess I was pretty good. And so I thought, I've always thought like, yeah, I'm really good at video games. I know the most about them and I spend the most time researching and, you know, like watching things and, and reading and, and doing those kinds of things. So I was naturally better than most of my friends. But um, I guess with the advent of the the internet and uh, online gameplay, like I realized that I'm actually not very good at video games because I just am not good compared to most of the people on the internet. So that kind of makes me think that I actually wasn't very good at video games when I was a kid or not nearly as good as I thought I was. So maybe it's that. But uh, I mean, I do, I do see what you're saying. Like, I think that maybe in college, I was more competent at video games than I am now. I just don't know what happened, whether it's just age or just, I don't know. It's, it's really sad to see you, to see <laughs> you like this. I'm willing to guess that it's just like lack of time. Like, I just don't have enough time to spend as much, like, read up on things. And so uh, I kind of rely, maybe I'm lazy, right? I just rely on other people to explain, like, oh, just do this, and this is what you need to do, and, and whatever, right? Rather than spend my time reading up on that so that I know on my own, whereas maybe back in the day, I would do that on my own. I was just worried for you, Jason, that's all. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I definitely noticed it. Half the time, like, I just don't know what I'm doing, and, and you need to explain things to me multiple times, but... Um, <laughs> 
It's like talking to someone who's like never played video games before. <laughs> I've become my dad. It's so weird. I remember when I played video games and I'd ask my dad to play with me and he just couldn't do it. And uh, I'm just like, it's really not that difficult. Like, But I'm that guy now. It's kind of scary. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Anything else, Jason? No, I think that's it. All right. We'll call it for this week then. Okay. All right. I'll see you next week. Yep. Later. All right. Bye.